Ladies and gentlemen, two fighters enter. One fighter leaves the grudge match. Let's get ready to rumble. Episode 3 of the podcast, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. How are you feeling today, buddy? Well, considering uh, Kawhi Leonard didn't live up to the expectation of buying his Toronto Raptors jersey and his Clippers jersey and uh, the, the Boston Clippers, sorry, the Boston Celtics, giving up a 17-point lead in Game 2 against Miami, uh, and having a canker sore in the back of your throat after a wisdom teeth uh, removal. Not not great. Not not great. And for the, the five people that listen to us, um, Samuel is just coming off a wisdom tooth surgery. I am very uh, sympathetic to your pain, but I swear to God, <laughs> if you use this at any point during our fights today, to garner sympathy from me because <laughs> I am not going to stand for this anymore. I will not stand for any slander against my king anymore. It is done. Do you hear me, Samuel? Do you hear me? I, I want you Loud and clear. for the next like two minutes to be quiet while I talk about the collapse of this team that hadn't done anything. I hate you. Nothing. You acknowledge that the Western Conference over the past like 20 years has been like the the, the, the the much tougher conference and that every team should be taken seriously, correct? In the playoffs. Yes. What were they doing? What were they doing? I'd like, like Lemon Pepper Lewis out there. Pandemic P. I, you know what? He's going through some stuff too. I won't bully him. But Montrez Harrell, where was six man of the year Montrez Harrell, huh? And, and they tweeted this nonsense about conditioning. Jokic is the most unathletic superstar the NBA has ever seen, and they lost because of conditioning? <laughs> are, you, are you kidding me? You're going to bring up the conditioning nah. argument against Nikola Jokic? What? Uh. All right. All right, I'm not going to say anything. For those of you that would like to um, not guess. listen to what he's saying, you can skip the two-minute mark and go right into the next. <laughs> I, I'm going to breathe. This goes to show you. This goes to show you in our fantasy draft, in our fantasy football draft, and my argument for Luka Doncic, a player that brings up the floor of the players that he is around inherently has more value than a player that just has scoring talent. What did Kawhi do? This is his first franchise that he had the chance to build a culture and a chemistry. And nothing. I hear crickets. In the second round of the playoffs, this was supposed to be a battle for LA, and you get beaten by Denver? Chemistry matters, Samuel. All right, I'm done. That was a little shorter than I thought. <laughs> um... Well, first of all, I'm not disagreeing with anything you were saying at all. I'm not disagreeing at all. Uh, before I continue with the whole Kawhi remark, I just want to give a a statement on my boy, Buddy the Elf. Why on God's greener, they're like, oh, no, go rewatch Elf. My, my throat. I, I need to say it calm and collectively because I have a canker sore on my tonsil right now. So that's why I have to be calm and collective. <sighs> and say this, Buddy the Elf, my man, go rewatch Elf. Let's go to Kawhi Leonard now. As much as choke is a strong word, he does have to be thrown in that category. He cannot be given any more passes. I feel like he's been given a lot of passes. He has a very good track record. But 
every single one of his accolades now needs to be thrown into harsher light. I agree with you because if Harden is thrown in there, if LeBron's thrown in there, Kawhi Leonard has to be thrown in there. They can't. If he wants to be consistent, if he's out here making commercials at the beginning of seasons, calling himself the new king of LA, he needs to acknowledge that his only finals MVP in San Antonio was an Andre Iguodala finals MVP. You know that. He got the finals MVP because he did a halfway decent job at slowing down my mm, king. No, let's not. My king. Okay, let's. Uh, <laughs> uh, no. My king. I, uh, uh. He did not lead that team. That Spurs big three led that team, and Kawhi just did a good job. No, let's. In stopping LeBron, that was the only thing that he did. Denver did played phenomenal. They played amazing. They came out and played cutthroat basketball. The Clippers did not. You know, it, it, Kawhi walks to the beat of his own drum. Yes, uh, he did not. He did not play the way he should have in that game seven. But you know what? He he took he took that team on. Like I'm not talking about Denver. I'm talking about Clippers in the very beginning of the season. Good for him. But yeah, he he did not play the way he should have in that game seven. They were a team built by egos to try to beat LeBron James, and on the way they forgot about the other teams in the Western Conference. They did. Um, which brings me to our first grudge match. Uh, talk, talk about some choke jobs, Sam. G give me some like historic choke jobs that you know before you give me your, uh, your horse to win this fight. And before I continue with that, I want to mention my definition of choking is much bigger than sure. I'll even vice versa ask you what your definition of choking is. My definition of choking is mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's much bigger than losing or being predicted to winning it all that's just media and people Agreed. and everyone vegas odds saying it's supposed to happen in my mind choking is when you built something significant like a huge lead in any one sporting event or any series i i think it's when you had it in your hand you had it and then you got it taken. Not only did you get it taken away from you, but you didn't even. I'm not, I'm not going to say you didn't try, but so, they, they took your took heart, your heart out. out. Last and, and, and yeah, not and only yeah, taking your heart out, but you gave them the tools to do that. Let's go ahead. Let, let, let's bat some around then. Let's bat some around. Okay. What you got? The, the Ray Allen three-pointer against the Spurs. If you remember, if you, if you remember, the only reason I'm saying that was considered a choke is because if you remember before, you're going to roast me even more on this. Uh, they shot a three, the Heat, and this was not the Ray Allen three. They shot the three, and then they foul, if I remember. And then Kawhi Leonard went to the free throw line. He only made one free throw out of the two. The, those were big, and then... Obviously, LeBron missed the three, but then Bosch, that was the greatest play, the rebound. They didn't have Tim Duncan in there. They did not have Tim Duncan in there rebounding the ball, and then they all they had to do was just rebound the ball, pass whatever. Ray Allen makes one of, if not the greatest three-point shots in NBA Finals history to take them into overtime, and they were about to lose the series. Takes them into game seven. The crowd was leaving. They thought it was over. Now, the crowd even thought it was over. I don't want you taking credit away from the Miami Heat and my king for winning that game in that series by saying that this was a choke job by the Spurs now. I don't want this. I don't want this, Samuel. Is this your way of getting back late. to the Clippers? No, this is not my way of getting back to the Clippers because this is, I'm saying Kawhi Leonard should have made two free throws. He should have made if he made those two free throws, and then Ray Allen made that three. We would have been. They, I'm not going to say I'm not even a Spurs fan. I was thinking of Kawhi there, but the Spurs would have been up by one. And by the way, these are all these honorable mentions I'm shooting out here are the choke jobs that I have at least witnessed. I can't go over the whole like uh, oh Bill Buckner, you know, missing the ground ball in between his legs. Uh, like we can't talk about like Arnold Palmer in 66. Yeah, like we, we can't talk about it. We don't know. I'm talking about like the feelings that we've had in those games. So next, an another honorable mention we have here is the 2013 Iron Bowl, the 100-yard touchdown by Chris Davis with no time left. I'm not much of a college person 
myself, uh, but I do enjoy like watching the bowl games. Those games are always exciting in general, regardless who's playing. But that I just remember watching that game, and it was a 57-yard field goal attempt that was returned. So that it wasn't even just like a, a punt return. They were trying to go for the field goal. So the next one I have is the Angels rally back from the 2002 World Series. The San Francisco Giants were on the verge of winning that 2002 World Series until that dreadful collapsing incident in Game 6 when the Angels rallied six runs in the 7th and 8th inning to come back, and then they would go on to win that World Series in Game 7. So that's my, my honorable mention. And another one I have, ugh, you're going to love this one. And I, and I think I'm just throwing it out there because it was such a big moment. The Giants beating the undefeated Patriots. And the reason I'm putting that in the choke job category is because we were going into an undefeated streak. One of Tom Brady's greatest years yet. And that play by Eli Manning. Oh, that tackle that... I don't even know if he knew who he was throwing it to. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up right now. He knew exactly <laughs> what he was doing. Look at the replay of that. Look at the replay of that throw. That throw was perfectly placed. Yeah, it, Are you it, kidding It me? was perfectly placed, but it wasn't even a perfect spiral. <laughs> I don't want another person saying that it was luck that we won that Super Bowl. I'm not saying it was luck. I'm not saying it was luck at all. Because y'all could have made another play later on. Where were they? On the touchdown play. Oh, that Eli play. Eli still uh. had to throw it to Plaxico, drop it in the bucket in the back of the end zone. Where was the coverage on that, Samuel? They should have just where let him it? score the touchdown earlier so we can get the ball back. That's what they should have done. Where was it? <laughs> I'll let you gloat. There's I'll let no you coverage. gloat now because I'm going to come back to that later. But yes, that's a, that's, they, it's obviously typical the typical shoulda woulda coulda for the Patriots, but the Giants proved that they were the better team that day. This was my list, by the way, not Julian. He doesn't even know what we're gonna do here. We have twenty-eight to three, Patriots versus the Atlanta Falcons. Before you say anything, um, I, I remembered that Super Bowl initially because my buddy uh, from high school. Mm -hmm. He had gotten that game catered by Chipotle. Uh. He was he, that. That was the summer. That was the summer where uh, Chipotle had that uh, uh, um, that promotion where, like, if you ordered a burrito bowl a certain amount of times in a month, the grand prize was two free catered events by Chipotle. Oh wow! I didn't, and my guy I didn't won won the grand prize. <laughs> so one of the events that he chose was this, this huge Super Bowl party, and. I remember because my boy is a huge Atlanta Falcons fan, mm. like huge, like 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 Michael Vick era Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like in our seventh grade home mech class, like he made like a homemade Atlanta Falcons blanket. He was wearing it that day. He was feeling it himself. Oh my goodness. I have never seen someone so happy and then so violently unhappy over the course of one hour in a day. <sighs> It and this is the funniest thing for the viewers that don't know this. I, you all know I'm a Patriots fan, but I'm from Atlanta. My family, my cousins, my close close friends are Atlanta Falcon fans, and my mom was even messaging me the week before and saying, "So who are you gonna root for? Your hometown city or that bum Tom Brady?" And I said, "I will always be rooting for the Patriots, no matter what, even if Tom Brady left, which he did." Yeah, I'm sure Tom Brady's gonna be a ticket to watch with it's only, horrible. It's only the it's Evans. only the first week, man. It's only the first week. Hey, watch, hey, stat, watch, stat watch. for everyone. When Tom Brady loses in Week One, watch. he wins the Super Bowl. So we're quoting it here on the third episode. Are you putting that bet? You putting that bet we're on? We're not putting that bet on. I'll no, put that bet on. We're not putting that bet on. I'll put that Listen, bet on. Man, we're for, I'm furloughed right now. I can't, I can't afford to make any more bets. <laughs> and not only was it on the offensive side that made it count with Tom Brady, it was the defensive side of the Patriots as well. Knocking that fumble out, it, it definitely put a 360 on that game. I probably should have put that at three, but I put that at four because at number three, this was the 2011... Game six of the World Series, David Freeze hits a homer against the Texas Rangers to go to a game seven. 
everyone sleeps on that one. And I'm not even a Cardinals or Rangers fan. I'm that was that was a freaking good series. The Rangers were leaned up three to two in that series, and then they go into extra innings in Game Six, and then right after that, David Freeze hits the bomb nine to nine in the bottom of the eleventh inning to send them into Game Six or sending them into Game Seven. Ice in the veins for David Freeze to do that. All right, second second one is obviously the um, three to one. Cleveland comes back to beat the uh, best record of all time in the NBA in history, Golden State Warriors. <sighs> that that was that was clutch. That was definitely it. Talk about a choke job right there. They had it. That's all I can say about that. All right, and now let's go to number one. You know what's better than coming back from a 3-1 deficit? The flying Hawaiian. You know what? what's better than coming back from a 3-1 deficit? The Red Sox coming back 3-0 in 2004. No team has ever done that. Beating the Yankees in Game 4 with the greatest steal in the history of sports. done no I'm, I'm not done i just wanted to see if uh <laughs> how can you not be romantic about baseball that i always say that i always say that how can you not be romantic about baseball um you can be unromantic about baseball starting with the 2018-2019 playoffs oh you're really gonna go there <laughs> you went there <laughs> Uh, but 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 so anyway my point being so we talked about that was game four game five going into extra innings woo, and then game six you get kurt schilling on the mound back going back to the bronx to try and close out the series and i want to ask you that do, do you think it was wrong of alex rodriguez to get called out for that slap be honest i've been honest with you I've been honest with you. Do not be that man. Uh, no. I will always call out mistakes on my own team. So it was deserved. <laughs> Just wait. Finish your thing. Okay. I have my own piece to say about your... About my list? Of... About your list. Okay. Well, that, that was it. The Red Sox come back 3-0 in 2004 is number one. Um, so by my estimation, I don't think we can talk about choke jobs without talking about the Miami Heat versus the Bucks this season. The Bucks were on pace to come above 70 wins. The Bucks had the presumptive two-time MVP with such heavy favorites coming into this series. The Bucks were top 10 in defense and offensive rating. The Bucks were on pace to win 70. The Bucks took Malcolm Brogdon and replaced him with borderline all-star from the West, Eric Bledsoe. The Bucks had one of the most versatile centers in the NBA in Brooke Lopez, who still was athletic and big enough and somehow solved his injury problem that he had with my Brooklyn Nets for so many years. Yeah. The Bucks have a complimentary superstar, at least on Bam Adebayo's level, in Chris Middleton. What the hell happened? I won't put that in my tops, but it's there. Um, I find it surprising that you didn't mention um, uh, uh, when the Chosen One became the Frozen One in 2011. Um, that's making my honorable mentions. They were leading 2-0. Well, it, it goes back to what you said right there. I think it's because when, when somebody's up to nothing, I won't really consider that a choke because it's like they're at the halfway marker. As a bigger baseball fan, I understand because the 3-0 thing already happened with the Yankees and the Red Sox in 2004. So I can understand maybe being desensitized to it. My my reason for not including it is because Dirk Nowitzki and the Mavericks went off. Do you know who they beat to get to that series? Yeah, yeah. Like, they swept the defending champion Lakers in the semis. Um, and that's like, that's not with like Wash Dwight, Wash Nash. That's not that team. They beat like the Meta World Peace, Pau Gasol, 
Kobe, pre-Kardashian, Lamar Odom <laughs> Lakers to get to the finals, where they then proceeded to destroy the um, team that was going to go to the finals next year in the Oklahoma City Thunder. Three future MVPs, one future borderline all-star in Serge Ibaka, and Dallas dismantled them with Dirk suddenly posting one of the best PERs of his life. Another one that would have made it for me was the 2004 final or 2006 finals with Dwayne Wade posting like the best scoring number since Jordan in the finals, the 2-0 thing. Um, my winner for the biggest choke job in sports and the one that I will posit to you beats out your Red Sox Yankees nonsense. Super Bowl 46 Samuel. Do you know why? I'm going to pitch this to you. Regardless of what happened with A-Rod, regardless what happened with that steal, the, and regardless of how heavily the Yankees led 3-0, they still had a star gone at some point, right? The, the Cavs coming back 3-1. Draymond Green did give a mental boost to the Cavaliers after he, like, kicked LeBron in the groin. The Patriots were still 13-3 and with one of the best offenses in the NFL. They still had that dual tight end core of Hernandez and Gronk. Brady was still at the peak of his powers with that offense. They still had 57 minutes, or 57 seconds, for the most efficient offense in football, with the Giants making a mistake with Ahmad Bradshaw falling into the end zone. And what happens? Nothing. They had 57 seconds to get it done. Where was that playoff magic? This is the Super Bowl that had Tom Brady sitting. Your GOAT! And, and I'll, I'll give it to him. The GOAT sitting slumped on the field. That is a choke job. Here's the reason why I didn't even throw that one in there. You're right about our offense. But go look at the stat on our defense. I did not have much confidence in that Super Bowl than I did in the one that we had the undefeated season. And we were ranked, I think, second to last, if not third to last, in defense. We had one of the worst. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying like, oh, you got lucky because, you know, congrats, you beat the worst team. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, yes, we had a great, great offense. But our de defense, I had no confidence That's in it. That's fine. That's fine. But your defense wasn't playing a crazy offensive team. We still only put up 21. Our best receiver was Mario Manningham. Are you kidding me? Like, like, like our one running back, Brandon Jacobs is long gone. We had Ahmad Bradshaw. What is he doing now anyway? And you also had Cruz. Salsa dancing cruise. Listen, I think but, I but, won. But, I think I won a grudge no, match finally. No, no, you did not. No, you did not. Because you had. I understand that your defense was not great. No, 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 not, not, not had, great. Your offense had the chance to close the game. Your most efficient offense in the league had the chance to close the game. And instead lost to a Giants team in a shootout at 17 points. Our defense was not the same as the Road Warrior defense that stopped y'all a few years back. And your offense with the vaunted Wes Welker in the slot. Wes Welker actually dual... dropped that ball, as a matter of fact. He dropped it. Then it's, it's a team sport then. I understand it's a team what? sport. But I'm telling you that the, consider, you think this is the number one Choke job? America, the five people, vote on what you think it, uh, from our grudge match. What is the number one choke job? Super Bowl 46 or Red Sox coming back 3 0 in 2004? This is your goat. Vote it. Losing to the vote Giants. Your goat. America. Your goat. Losing to the Giants. Vote. Hi, I'm Julian from the Grudge Match Podcast, and one thing that Sammy and I never get to talk about on the show 
is personal grooming. Sammy's beard now looks like James Harden and Ryan Fitzpatrick had a Viking baby, and I look like the Fire Lord. So we're both in need of a dependable way to cut our hair. Which is why we're so excited to partner with our newest sponsor, LA Clippers. No, not those clippers. These ones do their job properly in close shaves. So, order online now, and for not seven, not six, not five, but four guaranteed easy installments of $9.95, you can own the only set of clippers that perform well against LeBron. It's a hairline. LA Clippers, we deliver. All right, now we're all calm now. Our emotions are a little bit more even. Sam's canker sores are marinating at the back of his mouth. Um, from all of the shouting that we did, Sammy, how are you feeling? You're still in pain? Or are you good? I'm good. The adrenaline okay. is probably calming it down right now, but once it the got, adrenaline it, goes away, it's going to hurt. Yes. It so got bad. very North Jersey versus Boston for a second, so we're just going to calm down, take a deep breath. All right. And we're going to talk about something nice and non-controversial for grudge match number two, NBA conspiracy theories. <laughs> I think people will like this. Nobody nobody ever talks about this. No, no, they no, don't. They, nobody um, talks about this. And I think like this is a cool story that no, they don't. should be talked about. Nobody wants to talk about it. You know why? Because they don't want to believe in the conspiracy theories. Exactly. I think what? Our fight is going to be which one's more uh, valid of the ones that we picked. But yeah. I, I don't think this is going to get too crazy. I think we're both pretty sketched out by all this going mm. on. It's it's a the NBA, the NFL, the MLB, the NHL, they're all very big organizations, right? Yes. And regardless of if there's cheating or anything, and of course there's cheating. Like that's just how the teams in the game do it. Between Spygate, between the Astros, between all the stuff that's going on in the NBA, you're going to have some sort of manipulation of the system because that is how life works. People are imperfect and things happen. People are people. That being said, let's toss around some fun series about how sports are rigged. Um, I'm bringing away. to the table. I'm bringing to the table. Uh, uh, shout outs to my boy Anu. Uh, he's a big Kings fan. I think you can tell where I'm going with this, Samuel. Mm. Uh, I am calling out the 2002 Western Conference Finals Game Six: Lakers versus Kings. Mm. Um, uh, for those of you who don't know who the Sacramento Kings are, one, I don't blame you. Two, I blame this game for no one knowing who the Sacramento Kings are. <laughs> the Sacramento Kings entered into this series as the number one seeds, I'm pretty sure in the NBA, at the very least in the West. And the Lakers, Kobe and Shaq had already started to hate each other. The Kings were boasting probably the best core in the NBA at this point. Um, I'm looking at their roster right now, and if we are talking about, like, a real murderer's row of NBA could-have-beens, this Kings team is it. Um, we're talking about Mike Bibby. Peak Mike Bibby. No one knows about Mike Bibby anymore. But I need a Bibby jersey. King, uh, you need a Bibby. Like, the gold ones, right? Yes. Ooh, Bibby. Um, uh, we're talking about Chris Webber, who I drafted in our uh, fantasy NBA 2K league. Once again, shouts out to Rightful Luke on Twitch. It can be argued that Chris Webber was a top five, top three power forward in the NBA at that time. Gerald Wallace still on his way up before you know he got traded to the Bobcats. Uh, Peja Stojakovic in peak all-star form. Uh, one of the great underrated shooters in the NBA. And hey, who, who's your boy that likes Reggie Miller? Oh, uh, Pete Jenkinson. Yeah, hey, Pete, Peja Stojakovic is a better all-time shooter than uh, Reggie Miller. Oh, um, Pete, you're hurting my man Pete. Um, Doug Christie. I, I, th these are names that everyone that is a fan of NBA basketball should know. But sadly, you have to do deep dives because they played in Sacramento, California. Now, imagine, if you will, Sammy, mm. the NBA starting at the Shaq to Lakers move shifted to the West after yes. that move. And after Jordan's retirement, the East was washed. There was nothing Oof. else. Yeah. Um, West was exciting. You, the, the West, the West became 
the place where stars would go. And that still continues today, right? Mm-hmm. Coming out of the East, there was nothing really exciting out there. The Pistons hadn't really done anything yet. My New Jersey Nets came into this final series with a team led by Jason Kidd, uh, Kenyon Martin, Kerry Kittles, Jason Collins, Lucius Harris. Our top three players were Jason Kidd, Keith Van Horn, and Kenyon Martin. You know one player from that top three if you are just entering into your NBA fandom. But imagine the low ratings coming off of a Jordan-less NBA. If the NBA Finals are fought between Sacramento and New Jersey, the butthole of New York, and the butthole of LA coming together just to touch butts the entire NBA Finals. Those ratings would be awful. Problem with the NBA is that Sacramento had the best team and the best chemistry that year. They were the argument for chemistry over pure talent. And the West was primed for a new king. All of a sudden, leading 3-2 in game six, in the waning minutes, the, the Lakers out shoot the Kings at the free throw line. I think it was like 50 attempts to 26 attempts. Are you kidding me? The, 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 uh, like, I understand it's hard to gauge how many fouls Shaq has had, like with all the hacking and whatnot, but 50 to 26. And, and, and not to mention the capstone with all of those fouls, by the way. The Kings were still in the game up until the final seconds when Mike Bibby was called for an offensive foul after being elbowed in the face by Kobe as he was going up for a shot. Can you imagine getting elbowed in the streets and someone calls the foul on you? Something smells fishy. It's something smells fishy. And when he was outed for uh, fixing games, Dirty Dirty Donaghy, mm. like years later, ousted this isn't even a theory anymore it's out there now he outed this series not by name but dirty dirty dick pavetta Mm. longtime nba standby dick pavetta refereed this game was the third official Mm, he he seemed like a very close member uh to the nba Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely the the third wheel he is uh he's refed more games than any other official is that correct that is the stat line yes 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 quote by tim donaghy referee number three or referee whatever weird letter bullcrap that yeah. he gave to hide that this was the kings versus lakers series referee z question mark whatever was a company man and this was still when david stern captained the nba hmm. and we all know we all know that Stern had some weird Illuminati stuff going on with him. Going back, I'm I'm actually going to uh, 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 share a thing with you about David Stern later on when you present your theory, mm-hmm. which happened during the David Stern era as well. Correct? That is correct. It, it's something that kicked off the era, as a matter of fact. Okay. Okay. All right. So, uh, how well do you remember the uh, 1985 NBA draft? Juju. Is this the Patrick Ewing thing? Of course. Everybody wanted Patrick Ewing. The raging Jamaican Patrick Ewing. Woo! Go ahead. 1985. That was a tough, uh, that was a tough starting for the NBA because that was the time when you were just getting in the early 80s, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. They were saving, they they saved the NBA during that 84 NBA finals. Well, and I think Michael Jordan was 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 already making waves for the middle of the country too. But New York needed something. Yes, New York needed something because all you had was just Boston and L.A. I'll leave, mm-hmm. Yeah, you could throw Philadelphia in there too, but yeah, the Doctor J Sixers, like and basketball's mecca needed someone. Yes, exactly. The Knicks. When was the last time they won a a title? Seventy two. And I, as a Knicks hater and a Nets fan, mm-hmm. those Knicks teams were. Uh, among my favorite teams of all time. Yes. And in 1985, marked the first time the lottery took place after the owners got sick of the teams just tanking and sucking for the top pick. The seven teams that didn't 
make the playoffs during the season beforehand, had the equal chance, which the I have that stat right here, which is 14.3% on bagging the number one pick. Mm-hmm. And, well, basically that theory from the 85 draft goes around the notion that Stern and the league wanted the Knicks to establish themselves as the upper part of the teams within the NBA because of the big market franchise. And that, and how do you feel about that with teams? Do you still believe the NBA is trying to push these big market teams to get the number one picks? Um, I will, I have, I don't, I can't speak for previous years, mm-hmm. but at least for the uh, regime change with Adam Silver, I have an argument against that that could extend back to Donald uh, uh, Donald Sterling. No, nope, mm-hmm. not Donald Sterling. David Stern. Dave. Jesus God, no! I don't. <laughs> let's never remember Donald Sterling existed. <laughs> what should we call um, him instead if uh, we ever bring his name up again? Uh, 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 no. who, who Donald Donald Sterling? Yeah, Brad. Oh, Dirty Donnie. Dirty Donnie. All right, Dirty Donnie. Dirty Donnie. Um, uh, I have an argument against um. David Stern, uh, oh, yeah. and and the fixing of the draft. Okay, so you want me to continue? Um, but, uh, yeah, go okay. go narrow your series. Okay. I will. I'll I'll give you. Okay, one so I'm cutting down, and these are conversations that have been happened by owners or general managers mm-hmm. leading up to mm-hmm. this draft, or I think it was the aftermath. So the general manager of the Hawks, like re- remembers attending a college tournament in Hawaii a few months before the lottery. And he was sent with a couple of the NBA guys and the GM of the Hawks said, and quote, I remember one high ranking team executive who I will not name was a million percent convinced of what was going to happen. He's going to the Knicks. He kept saying he's going to the Knicks. It's all arranged. And then the GM from the Hawks said after that, I didn't believe him at that time. And then at the time, and this is draft day, here we go, one large envelope for each team in the lottery was placed in that large, large ball. A a plastic ball shuffling up those picks by Stern, where Stern would pick them out. Not the ping pong balls. No, 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 not the ping pong balls. No, the Knicks envelope was either purposefully given as a creased corner while it was being tossed in and there's video you can see the video itself you could see it being tossed in or it was frozen to make it easier for stern to choose i don't know if i believe about the the frozen part no that the frozen part was definitely debunked but i i i believe more on the the crease though because okay. there's there's a video you can go go look at the video sure, sure um sure. and one of the tabloids suggested um you know, involving the lottery or whatever, they said, it did a little to dampen the mood in the NBA office when a day later, the New York tabloid reported a curious fact that Ernest and uh, Winnie just happened to also be auditioning firm of Gulf and Western, which just happened to own the Knicks. Asked by by McManus about the possibility of a fix, Madison Square Garden president, uh responded hey i told them how to fix it 60 days ago you call up ernst and winnie and you say if we don't get ewing you're fired hmm i do believe in that theory so i was about to i'll be honest i was about to roast you with this one. Mm. Um, and, and can I say least... one more thing before you continue, though? Sure, because sure, I think sure, this is actually sure, sure. very important. Um, sure. Because of this fiasco that happened, immediately, shortly after, they they went straight to ping pong balls. What, what are the chances of, oh, we're, we're going to skip the cards and we're going to go straight to ping pong balls? So, I... I would respect this theory... Initially, if the Knicks actually did anything significant with Patrick Ewing, they did not. They had one eighth seed finals run. That's fine. Um, where he almost got outplayed by Alonzo Mourning. Which, you know, no no smoke to Alonzo, but everyone thinks of Patrick Ewing as like a top ten center of all time. Eh. 
Maybe. He can sniff it. Well, the Knicks um, also but... sold 5,000 season tickets the very next day. That's true. In in any case. In any case. <sighs> I was I was going to counter your theory, at least in the Adam Silver era, because by no measure of the imagination would the NBA want the New Orleans Pelicans or then the New Orleans Hornets to get Anthony Davis. Let's be honest. Or Zion. However, <laughs> however, I thought about the Zion thing. Here's, 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 here's what, here's my brain theory for you. Everyone wants LA to succeed. Everyone wants the LA Lakers as a, as an institution to succeed, right? And I just, I literally just thought about this now and it blew my mind. The LA Lakers are coming off of one of the worst uh, droughts, playoff-wise, championship-wise, accolade-wise, respect-wise in, in, in their history as a team, right? I'm pretty sure their record over the past five years after Kobe's retirement, um, God rest his soul, were the worst five-year stretch in Lakers history. Finally, they have LeBron James. All of a sudden, what? He's injured. All of a sudden, what? The pick about Lonzo Ball gone out the wind you know who's a free agent probably the best big man in the nba right now anthony davis languishing away in pelican territory but you know what makes the pelicans feel comfortable about signing and trading him away to the lakers getting the number one pick and getting the chance to draft the next great uh uh, uh prep to pro adjacent prospect in NBA history since LeBron James, Zion Williamson. So all of a sudden, why would Zion Williamson go to New Orleans? Aha. Why would, and then it started to come together. LeBron James suddenly wanted to go back to Cleveland, all those ratings. Why would he want to go back? Maybe Cleveland had a couple number one picks in a row, and because Dan Gilbert is, a, is an idiot, he just screwed it up with Anthony Bennett. Sounds like a beautiful love story. Sounds like a beautiful yeah, love story. For Cle for Believeland. And and then all of a sudden, oh no, the Sixers are falling. Why not, you know, award their trust the process thing with a couple of top five picks that they also screwed up? Draft wise. It all started to come together for me, especially since Adam Silver for the longest time while David Stern, again, rest his soul, <coughs> was he he was David Stern's protege. And David Stern was clearly grooming him to take over, right? Um, but then you look back at David Stern's past. Did you know that there was a whole era in, uh, I think, the 60s and 70s where a bunch of players got lost to the NBA because no team wanted to draft them? Why? Because there was a whole scandal about fixing college games. Do you know who led that investigation? A then up-and-coming lawyer for the NBA named David Stern. So he already has some sort of thing going on. He clearly had some sort of agenda with uh, denying the Chris Paul to L.A. trade rumors to bring some juice to an actual dying franchise. I like my Sacramento Kings thing still because, like, I think Tim Donaghy, even though he's a rat, he's still a rat. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I, like, I still think that mine is a little more plausible, but there's a whole lot of rabbit hole head cannon draft wise that i can just that's melting my brain yeah construct the perfect narrative about lebron james get him back with a kyrie irving or like with an anthony bennett that they should have taken someone else yeah the 2013 nba draft uh when anthony bennett was taken if the Cavs were intelligent they could have taken Giannis or rudy gobert or cj mccullum or victor oladipo so if you believe in this theory about LeBron coming back to Cleveland and like the draft being, you know, rigged for all these things, right? Look at all these players, even for the role players. Vic, uh, Anthony Bennett, because of the epic screw up on the layup that David Stern gave him, Don, uh, Dave, uh, Dan Gilbert uh, skipped on Victor Oladipo, Otto Porter Jr., CJ McCollum. Steven Adams, 
Giannis, Dennis Schroeder. Think about that. We'll let we'll let America vote. We'll let the five people vote on who they. Sammy, you got me freaking out, man. I was about to burn you to shreds, Ooh. and I really like this one. Yep. We'll let the people vote. Oh my god. Sam, I really like this theory. Yeah. Oh my god. I. You know what? I still fight for my theory's validity over this, but I'm gonna give you this win. I don't care. All right. Were you rooting for the LA Clippers to win a championship this year? Do you play for the LA Clippers? Do you just hate to see LeBron James win things? Well, drown your sorrows and midlife crisis at Magic City's new location in Cancun. We want you to be there for our opening night. And don't sleep on our lemon pepper sauce wings or our brand new lemon pepper chicken strips. Magic City, pop that bubble. All right, Samuel, round three. And speaking of, we alluded to him when we were talking about epic choke jobs. Giannis Antetokounmpo is now the second... Shoot, I missed Back-to-back MVPs. Thank you, thank you. Giannis Antetokounmpo. He won back-to-back MVPs and won Defensive Player of the Year. You know who the last NBA player to do that was? Who, Samuel? Air Jordan himself, Michael the Goat Jordan. So, but continuing, but we're not talking about the Goat Michael Jordan today. We are talking about Giannis the Greek Freak Antetokounmpo, and we are talking about what is going to happen to Giannis Mm -hmm. after his contract ends, Mm -hmm. or is he even going to stay before his contract ends? Mm -hmm. Now, let's continue with our topic on his contract and by the way, the numbers I will be giving you on his contract are pre-pandemic numbers. So his contract will be ending at the end of the 2021 season. The Bucks have $254 million or so to work with. Either deal, same terms for five years. Starting salary out of 35% starting at 2021-2022 season if he accepts the Supermax from Milwaukee. And the salary cap depends on the revenue. However, Flying Hawaiian, Mm -hmm. we have heard from Woj himself Mm -hmm. that ownership and Giannis have talked. And they are willing to spend the luxury tax to help Giannis get a superstar for his team. And Giannis has says he did not want to be traded, or he's not asking for a trade. However, Milwaukee did not say that they were not going to trade him. And basically that conversation that they had, if we're talking streetwise, said, if you're not going to give me a superstar player, if you're not even giving me a chance to win here, I'd rather just go somewhere else. And I would not blame Milwaukee if they traded him to get something in return, flying Hawaiian, just so they can save what little they have left from the Greek freak. Do you concur? I think that and i this is even me i just came up with a trade idea that might work for the bucks if they wanted to keep Giannis. however i don't know if at this point trusting Giannis to lead this team through the lowly east getting less lowly by the year but through still the lowlier east is a fool's errand um can you at least agree with me on this, though? There's no such thing as loyal. Oh, absolutely. I think, okay. um, I, I will say this. I, I, I am all in support of uh, what players have been doing lately. While I think I don't like the execution of how some of them have done it, I certainly think that uh, in order to better pursue their goals as players and as working professionals in America... I think it's good that the players have power in their hands uh, as opposed to, you know, the establishment owners in the NBA. And I do think that that has been growing ever since uh, the infamous decision in 2010. Um, So I will give you that. It is starting. um, And I think that it's definitely on the table for Giannis in in spite of what... Do you know how long his exit interview was with the team owner, by the way, when they went to dinner? 
No, I, that part I don't have. They were in a meeting because... for three hours. And I don't know about you, Samuel, unless you and I are recording right now, uh, unless you and I are in the middle of recording for this podcast, if you and I are having a three-hour business meeting, something's wrong. I, which makes me think on trades. Because if they're saying, or if they're asking Giannis, like, if you don't want to stay here, if you don't even know if you want to stay here, what, where do you want to be traded to? And this is why it matters, especially to Giannis right now. He is entering the last year of his contract. Um, for most players, this is their audition year, essentially, to uh, basically negotiate by uh, a quality of play for large amounts of money. For a superstar like Giannis and the Bucks, this is the Bucks audition year. If Giannis even elects to want to stay, for them to keep him after his contract is over. Um, and it's important. You mentioned the Supermax Supermax right, Ultra Mega. Which I think is a hilariously named contract. It's super recent. <laughs> uh, basically, this essentially doubles... Um, what an NBA team can offer a superstar player that is unique to them. Um, and I think this is a recent invention because uh, uh, the powers that be in the NBA, the NBA Illuminati, are terrified of player movement that you and I, Sammy, mm -hmm. support. Um, so this is a team's way of locking a player into what would be a small market team since they were able to draft him, right? So if Steph Curry wanted to leave Golden State, Golden State... They offered him, and he accepted the Supermax deal. Washington, in my opinion, which was an awful move, offered John Wall the Supermax contract deal, and he took it. Um, and those teams, with those superstars, those superstars on those teams now, year to year, for all five years that they're with that team, command around 50% of that team's salary. And the Bucks and Giannis, because the Bucks drafted Giannis, are eligible to offer him that. Do you think he is going to take it? No. The reason I'm saying that is because if he was going to take it, he would have taken it already. Yep. Hands down. Hands yep. down. If it so, was about if it, if he really loved Milwaukee so much, he would have said, "Give me that pen and paper right now. I'll sign it." Yep. Which, you know, kudos to him. I think it's intelligent. Um, Milwaukee's a small market. What has Coach Budenholzer done for you? Um, the front office, you know, they did well. If I were Giannis, I would see the marketing potential of my brand in other bigger markets. Yeah, that, that's just another, that's another thing I'm thinking. It's like, okay, if it was like, and I'm talking about just city-wise, no disrespect to Milwaukee, but it's like, if you're going to like Atlanta, if you're going to Orlando, if you're but like, who, Milwaukee, and I, and and I, and I hear rumors about, like, Chris Paul you know, trying to go to Milwaukee. Or, like, they're trying to get Chris Paul. But if it's only going to be a one-year thing, I don't think people want to stick it out for one year. Which bring, This brings us to our title fight. Considering salaries and whatnot, considering what they'd have to give up to Milwaukee, if Milwaukee was forced to trade Giannis, which team would fare the best with him on the roster, given the shift, and we did that our homework. Happen. We we did our homework on the numbers and players and picks. I, I I did, and I'll kick it off if you'd like me to. So after a lot of uh, looking around and considering uh, realistically what that you know teams can give up for, uh, I'll just knock out the ones I'm not really thinking about. And if it's one of the teams that you think can be it julian then you can uh rebuttal at the mm. end and say you're wrong this is what i think this team can do uh obviously a lot of people have heard dallas i 100 believe he will not be going to dallas considering honestly if i were mark cuban i wouldn't i wouldn't no, they, they just have no room they have no room to pay they have I no room to pay team. um i've heard the clippers I do not. I honestly do not think that is going to happen. That that's that's like a ninety-two percent chance that is not happening because Kawhi Leonard only signed a one-year deal, and Paul George. Like I already hear that team's breaking up, anyways. 
The only reason I'm saying a 92 92% chance is because Giannis has said uh, he loves Doc Rivers. He thinks he's a phenomenal coach. And I'm not saying he's the greatest coach of all. I'm just quoting what Giannis is saying. Overrated. Uh, I mean, he did get... He did get the Celtics a championship, so I have to thank him for that. Kevin Garnett yeah, got the you know Celtics what? a championship. I, I do have a Kevin Garnett jersey, so i like to thank him for that, too. By the way, if anybody is Kevin selling earned it, tickets to the Boston Garden retirement of Kevin Garnett's number five jersey, uh, if you have any tickets for that, please contact me. Um, I'm looking to buy some tickets to attend that event if uh, they are bringing fans in. Anywho, the point of this topic. So... I've also thought about Miami. Uh, I didn't really go much into Miami, but honestly, the real team I think he potentially has a chance to going to, and I think it could be a good fit, is the Toronto Raptors. So the Toronto Raptors are saving a lot of cap space right now. That is the the source, uh, a confirmed source that they are saving the cap space for Giannis. These are my two trading scenarios for Giannis so in return with Toronto picking up Giannis Antetokounmpo trade scenario number one would be for Lowry OG and Davis a 2020 first round pick and a 2021 first round pick for Giannis and then here's the second one I think the second one's going to be a little more believable Giannis and uh, Vliet, OG, and Ibaka, as well as their 2020 and their 2021 first-round picks. This is where I'm going to counter. Regardless of what the Toronto Raptors give up, I don't think that they have anything of value to the Bucks that they can afford to lose. In Toronto, you are either giving up your young, budding prospect and probably future heart of the Raptors in OG— or you're giving up your current heart of the team in Kyle Lowry, or you're giving up by far your most talented player for Pascal. No sacrifice, Siakam. no victory. But what are you sacrificing Pascal Siakam for? You're sacrificing for maybe an upgrade to Giannis. But again, what has Giannis done? Pascal is already in the system. Um, if you're giving up Giannis, what has he led a team to? Nothing. Kyle Lowry led led emotionally that Toronto team last year. Uh, 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 OG led that team above, like almost above Boston, along with Kyle Lowry. So, so, so this goes into my thing about chemistry and leadership over pure talent. And I think that's where you're getting checkmated here with the Toronto Raptors. Now, with my pick, th th this is all in speculation of Giannis, uh, uh, wanting out, right? and just wanting that one audition year. Golden State gave up D'Angelo Russell for Andrew Wiggins. Golden State has the best odds for the number one draft pick in this season. Golden State took on Andrew Wiggins' $31 million per year contract. Golden State can give up Andrew Wiggins the 2020 first-round pick, and the 2021 first-round pick for a disgruntled Giannis. I do like that um, Golden State idea. I was really leaning towards that. I think the reason I wasn't is because I heard sources that they, I'm talking about Milwaukee, wanted Clay if they were going to give up Giannis. Um, I can see them wanting Clay. However, if Giannis starts to complain, and, and I wasn't entertaining this before, my pick was actually going to be Giannis on the Bucks with either Chris Paul or Paul George. However, if Giannis just had a three-hour meeting with the owner of the Milwaukee Bucks and he is demanding a trade or he will not play and the Bucks will lose him for nothing, Golden State all of a sudden has that leverage. They've got so much leverage. Especially, look, 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 look. Yeah. Andrew Wiggins is only 25. He is still 
uh, just a couple years removed from really great offensive upside, at the very least, and with still a whole lot of athleticism. Um, and I think under the right coach and under the right system, he can really do something. And I think uh, poor Andrew Wiggins right now, he doesn't have Stephen Curry's leadership. He doesn't have Klay Thompson's steadiness um, to guide him to something better. But he remains a very valuable trade chip. But more important than that, Giannis is all of a sudden very dis, you know, very disgruntled in Milwaukee. Golden State is offering Milwaukee a future with that first round draft pick. They can spend that on a super tall point guard like uh, 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 like Lamelo or on uh, a Giannis replacement in James Wiseman. And that's the thing about this year's draft; it's not even a hundred percent who's going number one. It's a toss up. And it's not a great draft, but you do have, uh, at the very least, star potential. And the Milwaukee Bucks, they've proven to be a competitive team in the East. Like, without Giannis, they still competed with uh, a Miami team that's, right now, probably going to reach the finals. I agree. And that's without Giannis. If you put uh, 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 an Andrew Wiggins, uh, uh, a promising rookie... Um, on that team, I don't think that they miss the playoffs next year without Giannis. So I think that the Bucks will go for that. And imagine a healthy Curry, a healthy Clay, a renewed Draymond Green, and a Giannis. And then, like, what? Give them, like, a Marquise Chris um, as their fifth guy? What the hell is that? That, that, that? that is a death lineup, but with the size that Andre Iguodala couldn't provide. And let's talk about location too. Sunny California. Sunny California. Giannis, you know, he's aching for a bigger market, but not one as quite so big and toxic as an LA. Or but New York. I mean, that's still a dynasty team. But that's that's what I'm saying. If we're talking, if we're debating about the most dangerous and awe-inspiring and terrifying team uh, that has Giannis on its roster, given what they give up, Golden State doesn't give up what Toronto would have to give up for Giannis because they have the leverage to do so. So they don't give up any of their amazing uh, uh, Hall of Fame core to get him. But I also think, but I also think on top of that, you gotta, I, I'm looking at it from a financial point of view as well. I don't know how much money Golden State has. No, that's what I'm saying. For one year, if, they, if Golden State only wants Giannis for one year, right? 2020, uh so you're saying they, they only get him for they one only year. get him for one year? Like they're, they they they're they're making that run in yep, one that year. Ins- that 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 expiring thing. Okay. I'm talking about. So they're doing the Laker. They're doing the Laker yes. thing with. AD. I'm doing. Okay. I'm talking about okay. next season. Next season, because uh, we're talking about trades, right? So. Uh, yes. So it, yeah. But I was considering. I was also considering him staying after his contract. That's why I threw in there. They're saving the cap space for Giannis. Okay, and then so in that case, yeah. let me pitch this to you. If we're just considering just this one year, right? Toronto will have to give up so much to get Giannis. And I don't think that Mil- Toronto has the same uh, leverage to bring to the table as Golden State's number one pick in the NBA draft that would secure Milwaukee's future, right? I don't think anything that, that Toronto can give short of Pascal Siakam would budge Milwaukee as much as a, as a, number, as a potential number one pick. Um... Imagine Golden State with Giannis. And then all of a sudden, if they win a championship with Giannis, and then what, what do they want? They sign some free agents as well on like the uh, mid-level. They uh, trade Draymond Green somewhere else for some nonsense, right? He's old. He's fallen off. After 2021, they can let go of Marquise Chris. Uh, they can also decide to trade Kevin uh, Kevon Looney off. They can pay for some other free agents as well. Um, if you look at uh, da, 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 da. Um, the free agents that become available after that 2021 season and all of a sudden letting go of a Draymond Green, they can re-sign Giannis. And they don't have to pay that Supermax because they didn't draft him. That's true. And then it's championships all the way down. Well, I don't think that Toronto has the clout uh, 
to give up less than what they would need to in a Pascal Siakam. And Golden State can still have Curry, Clay, and Giannis at the very least. I there's just a part of me that thinks that you got to give up Clay to get Giannis. I mean, if if there if if Budenholzer is asking for or if Milwaukee's asking for uh, a Clay, in that case, I think Milwaukee would have to give up something in turn. Um, and so if they give up Clay, what do they get? Brooke Lopez and Giannis, and then Curry and Draymond? Are you kidding me? Mm. like like th- think of i think that a golden state offense that is still one of the best in the nba when everyone is healthy they have a chance to reload right now bigger than they ever have and if Giannis is a part of that reload which we're not arguing theoretical nature right we're talking about salary wise how it would work and which team would be the best you still have the best shooter in NBA history, and I think the only unanimous MVP in NBA history. And Giannis Antetokounmpo. You know what I think? I think we should let our five listeners vote. All right. Uh, or heck, even you know, even better. Tell us what you think he's gonna okay. do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'll admit I was really in love with the uh, Paul George or Chris Paul idea. I like Chris Paul more than Paul than George Paul. I definitely like Chris Paul. Oh my goodness, I don't like Pandemic P. But if you know, if Milwaukee gives up uh, Eric Bledsoe first round pick, maybe like uh, Dante Divincenzo for Chris Paul, I don't hate that. Uh, but my pick um, for the team that I would take with Giannis, that's theoretically available in the running to get him, Golden State is. Don't try to overthink the room, Sammy. Um, Golden State. We'll let our five fans yeah, decide. We'll let them decide. Um, I think I see potential in him in Toronto, but we'll let the listeners uh, decide for themselves. Bet. All right. Um, that was All episode right. three. That settles it.